let's go. Game week four recap. Average points amongst everyone, 48 points. And we ended up with 80 points. Let's go. FIFA 21 came out. Five out of five on the placement. Give me that 125k coins. Premier League only right now. So how did my team do, right? So we got McCarthy in goal at nine points. James Justin, one point. Lamptey, zero points. Robertson, negative one. De Bruyne, two points. Foden, two. Barnes, two. Jimenez, two. How do you get 80 points? Salah, 26 with a captaincy. James Rodriguez, 18 points. And my boy Ole Watkins, who we were a week early on with the 19 points. Hat trick against Liverpool. Man, this week was very... It wasn't spread out the points. It was basically a lot of the players, a lot of the players that went off. Yeah, game week four was crazy. Like, but if you didn't have those players like Rodriguez, Salah, a lot of people definitely didn't have Watkins. I was pretty lucky on that one. Son and Kane. Yeah, that's the reason why the average was forty-eight. But you know, let's bounce back. If you had a bad week. You know, we keep looking for if you had a great week like me. And if you took in some of the information I said, then we just keep on going. Let's keep on rolling. I'm glad that we had the international break. Give me some time to think of some new ideas and how to present it to you guys. But yeah, so right now we're going to go into the games. I'm going to give some takeaways, my takeaways of what I think is important and what can hopefully help you guys out. All right, let's get into it. Alright, so first game we got is Chelsea versus Crystal Palace. Main takeaway from there is the fact that Ben Chilwell and Thiago Silva finally made their... Well, I mean, Thiago Silva made his debut last week, but Ben Chilwell was a key part of their transfer window, and he finally made his debut. He ended up getting one goal, one assist, and the game ended up being 4-0 with Jorginho getting two penalty kick goals, Zuma one goal off the assist from Chilwell, and then Chilwell himself getting on the board. So Chilwell is definitely a interesting player in terms of FPL. As of right now, he might be injured. So definitely don't put him in yet or don't transfer him in yet until we get more news whether or not he's going to play. But during the game, he had three key passes, seven corners, a goal and assist, and four crosses. Chelsea as a team has scored 10 goals through four games, and through those four games, they've gotten at least 10 shots off in three of the past four. The only one against Liverpool is the one that they didn't. But after the international break, Pulisic is due to come back. He might start right away, or he might get eased in, but they're slowly starting to get all their players back from the injury report, including Ziyech, and they are slowly finding their identity once they get Pulisic in and once they get Ziyech in. I think Ben Chilwell has a great chance to contribute. I mean, the main reason Chelsea bought him was because he's such an attacking threat from the fullback position. He likes to push up a lot. He likes to put in the crosses in and definitely monitor the situation on the corner kicks because if he's getting all the corner kicks, that just increases his value because there's a chance every... Hopefully every other game that he can maybe get a corner kick assist. 
But Chelsea also as a team has great clean sheet potential as well. Now that they bought in, Thiago Silva is slowly starting to get eased in. And they bought Mendy, the goalkeeper. Because under Kepa, he made terrible mistakes. But now that they have Mendy, now that they have Chilwell, and they're going to slowly start easing in as a team, there's definitely potential for clean sheet points as well. And if it's a low-scoring game, clean sheet, and it ends up being one zero two zero with Ben Chilwell with an assist, there's a good chance he can get those bonus points as well. If you're looking to buy Chelsea players, I would suggest maybe doing one at a time. If you already have some Chelsea players like Timo and Havertz, you might as well stick with them right now because Pulisic is coming back from international break. And so far, through the past four games, these are the top five point-getters on Chelsea. We have Jorginho at 5.2 with 27 points. Mason Mount at 6.9 with 16 points. Havertz at 8.4, 14 points. Tammy Abraham, 7.3, 12 points. And Timo Warner, 9.3, 11 points. Just shows you how... It's not been the big money getters in Timo Warner and Havertz that have been getting the points, but actually Jorginho, Mason Mount, and Tammy Abraham, which is a bit of a risk to bring them in because the lineup is always changing. But with Pulisic coming back in and Ziyech, we don't know when he's going to come back in, but I think it's going to be by the end of October at the latest. I think those players will start to fade out, and I think Timo Warner who's had a pretty miserable start to his Premier League career, will start getting going, as well as Kai Havertz. Chelsea's next five fixtures are against Southampton, United, Burnley, Sheffield, and Newcastle. I honestly think that's one of the better better five-game stretches out of almost all the Premier League teams. With Southampton, they can be... They were extremely leaky in the beginning, but they, they definitely can concede goals. United, uh, yeah, you know, they can see the goals. I don't want to talk about it. Burnley, definitely they can. Burnley, Sheffield, Newcastle, those are all potential games for them to. They've been scoring multiple goals in almost every game, except for the game against Liverpool. But it's just right now, I call it Chelsea roulette because we don't really know. Nothing's really consistent in terms of scoring. I guess you could kind of say Jorginho, but do you really want to risk Jorginho, if they don't get a penalty, I wouldn't do that. So monitor this week, maybe next week. Definitely get in at least one Chelsea player. I think it could definitely pay dividends. If you're looking to grab any Crystal Palace players, for me, I would advise against it. I just don't like the way how Crystal Palace looks. They're a low-possession team. Out of the four games, they average around 29% possession and... I've watched two full games of Crystal Palace, and the main thing that I see is that they always try and capitalize off errors and counterattacks, and if you're an FPL manager and you have Zaha on your team and you're always just hoping for that counterattack, it's not, it definitely can happen, but I would rather have a, I would rather want a player on a team that has more possession that creates a lot better as a team rather than hoping on an error or hoping on a counterattack. There's also James Justin, who's at 4.1. 
those are the only two FPL assets that would, you know, if if you want to buy any of them, I would advise against it. But Zaha and Justin are probably the only ones. Zaha at 7.2 with 26 points. A lot of people saw that Zaha was his scoring. He couldn't keep up the scoring that he did in the first two game weeks because he would always start off strong, but... I just don't see it keep on going with the way that Crystal Palace plays. I definitely could see people want to buy James Justin more than Zaha because he's a 4.1 defender, and you can spread your funds around in the mid, in the mid and forwards as well. So they have Brighton, Fulham, Wolves, Leeds, Burnley coming up. Brighton as a team, they build up the. They're definitely going to have more possession. There's always going to be the chance that Zaha does capitalize off an of error or counterattack, but I'm just not liking... I mean, Fulham's a nice fixture, but it's more it's more of a risk than I would like to take, so I, would, I wouldn't advise getting Zaha. Maybe Justin, just because of that price point, but yeah, definitely not a fan of Crystal Palace. Next up, we got Everton versus Brighton. Game ended 4-2. Jamez with two goals, one assist. DCL, one goal. Yerimina, one goal. Malpe with a goal. And Basuma with a goal for Brighton. So, main takeaway for sure is Everton is the real deal. I see them at this point in time, and even further on, I see them as a top-four team, which seems pretty presumptuous to already say that, even though we've only been what, four game weeks through, but the way that they've been playing, I just like the flow of their team. The only kind of weakness is their goalkeeper, Pickford, which, believe it or not, is the England number one goalkeeper right now, but he makes dumb mistakes. I think Dean Henderson from United could definitely take over, but move on from that. Yeah, Everton are a really strong side. Defense is solid. Midfield is solid. James, Decore. Who else has gone in there? James, Decore. Those are the two main cent. Oh, Alon as well. Huge, 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 huge. Everton just needed to make a couple signings for Ancelotti. And, man, they look they look like a real threat. So, main players that you could definitely look into, if you haven't already, is James, DCL, Richarlison too. I don't have him anymore, but, yeah, I wouldn't, the only thing with the defense, I wouldn't go for, the only midfielder I would go for is James, but the defense, they ha- definitely can provide an attacking return, but the only thing that's kind of wary is their goalkeeper. That really hurts them from getting a clean sheet, which would definitely play huge dividends. On Brighton's side, I definitely think there is value within this Brighton team. I really like the way that they play. They definitely won't back down from the bigger teams and against teams that aren't from like the top six, you know, your Uniteds, your Cities, your Liverpools, even your Evertons, they they put up a good fight and then they really like against like the weaker teams, they will control they have the ability to control the game. And players that I like from this team that you should take a look is Lamptey. The only thing with him is uh, 
Unfortunately, he didn't make it through the whole game. He got stepped off in the 45th minute due to a hamstring injury. But Malpay is a really good shout at 6.6 and Trussard as well. So if you haven't, take a look at those players, analyze, you know, and see where you go from there. After that, we had Leeds versus City, which ended up being 1-1. Goals came from Raheem Sterling and got the assist from Fernand Torres. And the other goal from Leeds came from Rodrigo. Leeds is definitely here to stay. They lost 4-3 against Liverpool, and they tied 1-1 against City, the two top teams in the Prem by far. And if they can hang with them, they can hang with anybody. City, on the other hand, definitely have been a huge headache for a lot of FPL owners of City assets, including Kevin De Bruyne, Phil Foden, even Sterling as well. Sterling did get the goal, but you know a lot of people were thinking ahead of the game, that against Leeds, they could definitely put in a good amount of goals because Leeds have conceded as much as they've scored. They've definitely conceded a lot. A lot of people, Captain Kevin De Bruyne, I wasn't going to do that just because without Gabriel Jesus, they didn't look right against Leicester. And it was a great matchup against Leeds, but decided to Captain Salah instead. I think there's definitely better days ahead for City. I don't think they're just, it's just going to be like this for a while because they're going to eventually get back Aguero I believe at the end of the month and I think Jesus should be coming back after the international break or at least start getting some fitness back in. After that we had Newcastle versus Burnley which ended up being 3-1 to Newcastle. Wilson with two goals one assist. Allen St. Maximum one goal one assist and Westwood with one goal. I definitely avoid Burnley players unless you're probably a Burnley fan. If you have any Burnley players just not enough talent, not enough goals. This isn't fantasy football where you can plug and play weekly because, you know, you got to save your transfers on better players. And Burnley's just, I would stay away from that team. Newcastle, on the other hand, is very slim pickings as well. If you're a big fan of Allen St. Maximum, he's at a good price. He's definitely their best playmaker. And Kellen Wilson... We'll put in a goal from time to time. I think he's probably, between him and Allen St. Maximum, those two are probably the only ones you should consider. But I definitely think there's better options for at the price point that they're going for. Next up, we had Burnley versus Newcastle, which Newcastle won 3-1. Callum Wilson ended up getting two goals, one assist. Allen St. Maximum, one goal, one assist. And Westwood with one goal. I would avoid Burnley's team. There's better players and better situations that you can buy for the same price. I just wouldn't go anywhere near Burnley. I'd almost say the same thing for Newcastle, but the only two players I would I'd be okay with players looking at are Callum Wilson, which he did get two goals, one assist, and Alan Say Maximum. He's their main playmaker, but other than those two players, <clears throat> you shouldn't take any other look at any other Newcastle players it's just you can find better players in better situations for the same price after that we had Southampton versus West Brom which ended up being 2-0 to Southampton DiGiapo got one goal I might have butchered his name and Romeo got the other goal 
West Brom, I wouldn't... There are some enticing pieces in West Brom's team, but you just don't know how West Brom's going to do week to week. They're a pretty weak team, and they're, they don't really control possession that much. Some people might have Pereira, the midfielder, in their team. He does. He is their main playmaker, and if there's anyone who's going to get an assist or potential goal, the highest chance would probably be him. Diangana is also another player that is very eye-catching to a lot of fans, but I just would, I wouldn't risk it. I don't think they can, with FPL, you want to get players in that have a good chance of, you know, putting on a good string of games. For them, I feel like it's like uh, you hope that they'll do good against, you'll want to play them against like a very weak opponent, but after that, you might want to get them out, and it's it's just a waste of money. You could save a transfer on a different player who could put on a good string of games rather than go for a West Brom player. Southampton, on the other hand, starting to get better, starting to get better. Danny Ings is definitely a player you should look at. One swap that I'm thinking of is Raul Jimenez to Danny Ings. The way the Wolves have been playing, it's not really looking too good, and they're at a very similar price point. A lot of people have given up on Che Adams. He does get a good amount of shots, but for some reason he just can't finish. He's a pretty cheap option there as well. There's also Kyle Walker-Peters and the goalkeeper, which is at 4.5, and he has put up two clean sheets, but has a pretty brutal schedule coming up next. Next up, we have Wolves versus Fulham. Ended up being 1-0 to Wolves, Neto being the goal scorer. Wolves have been a pretty big headache for the past two game weeks. You know, in game week two, they face City, and... They only lost 2-1, you know, and then we, we as in everybody in FPL, we looked at their next five games. They have a really nice game schedule, and a lot of us picked the defense. A lot of us picked some of the midfielders, and then a good amount of us picked Raul Jimenez. We all know what happened last week. They blanked 4-0 against West Ham. We're like, all right, whatever. You know, we they faced Fulham this week. Very good. Fulham have been extremely leaky at the back. I think definitely think they're the worst team in FPL and Premier League. I think they're going to get relegated. And for them to only get one goal is pretty disappointing. Wolves' starting lineup has been very interchanging. Uh, their coach, Nuno, I don't think he really knows his best team yet. And that's not good for FPL owners. If you don't have any Wolves assets right now, I would definitely stay away until things start start to become more consistent, especially in terms of their play. They look very discombobulated, and I just don't like, from the look, from when you're watching the game, it just doesn't look appealing. The way that they build up play is just, it's not encouraging. That's the word. I have Raul Jimenez right now. I definitely, it will take a lot for me to not transfer him out. I mean, he still has good matchups coming out, but I just don't like the way it's looking right now. Fulham, don't pick any Fulham players. I called it with Mitrovic. He's a good player himself, but just the team is not looking too well. They did get Loftus-Cheek from Chelsea loaned in, but can you really make that difference? I don't know. I would stay away from Fulham players for sure. Liverpool versus Aston Villa. 
7-2 to Aston Villa. No one saw this coming. Liverpool, the defending champs, losing 7-2 to a team that nearly was so close to getting relegated last season. From the get-go, Aston Villa were able to capitalize on the blunders from Liverpool, and the fact that they didn't have Allison and Nett was definitely a big detriment. And then once they were able to get a decent lead, two-goal lead, then Liverpool were trying to do their very high press, and Aston Villa were able to capitalize. So the stats from the game were Ole Watkins with three goals, one assist. Jack Grealish, two goals, three assists. Mo Salah, two goals. Firmino, one assist. Trezeguet, one assist. And Megino, one assist. Let's start with Aston Villa first. So when they faced Fulham last week, they were the better team than Fulham, but Fulham had a better hold of the game in terms of possession, and Aston Villa were... They had a decent amount of possession, but... They were more looking to counter. So I think, definitely don't think that Aston Villa is going to be putting up so many goals every week. But I think with uh, the acquisitions they got in the offseason with Ole and Ross Barkley just recently, there's definitely some value with Aston Villa. Ole is only 5.9. Jack Grealish is 7.1. You could even look to get one of their defenders in, but definitely wouldn't double up because it's still Aston Villa. Even their goalkeeper, he's only 4.5. He could get a clean sheet, a couple saves. So definitely take a look at Aston Villa. For Liverpool, I mean, it was just, yeah, I would say it's definitely a flu game in terms of their defense. They're not going to be letting up so many goals. In terms of players, Mo Salah, very consistent. If you don't have him, I'd really get him in. He was my captain this week. Got me 26 points. Pretty good performance. I like Robbie or Andy Robertson over Trent Alexander-Arnold just because he's 0.5 cheaper. And through the games I've been seeing this year, he's been more involved offensively than Trent Alexander-Arnold. He should have had a goal. He got a cross from Mo Salah, and he just shot at the goalkeeper. We were super close to getting a goal contribution right there. But it would be Mo Salah, Andy Robertson. Those are the only two I'd definitely recommend. But, you know, Liverpool will bounce back. It's just, they just got unlucky in this one. They have Everton next week. Should be interesting. But, yeah, Mo Salah and Andy Robertson if you want to buy any Liverpool players. Last but not least, we have my team, Manchester United. Oh, you know, Manchester United. Oh, ho, ho, man. We faced Spurs this past weekend. And we got absolutely thrashed. The game ended up being 6-1 to Spurs. Bruno with one goal. Son, two goals, one assist. Ndombele, one goal. Harry Kane, two goals, one assist. Aurier, one goal. And Hoiberg, one assist. So we get a penalty in the first three minutes. Rightfully so. Definitely a penalty. And then that's when everything just fell off the planet. Like Eric Lamella is a twat. He elbowed Anthony Martial, and then Martial just gave him a little slap on the face, and then he went down, got a red card. 
The crazy thing is, is we lost 6-1, right? We had, we were down 10 men. But we lost Anthony Martial. We didn't lose a defender. And we lost 6-1. Harry Maguire, you need to be benched. 80 million. I, I think I think this is for sure. Top two biggest robberies in world football. The fact that we paid 80 million euros for Harry Maguire is just ridiculous. Luke Shaw, you know I don't like you. You you were oh my god. Your man marking was terrible. If there was a way to sub off all our defense at halftime, I wish we could have done it because they were just god-awful. It's going to be interesting going forward how United's going to do. We have a very, very, very tough run of games. We have Newcastle, then we have PSG. We have Arsenal in that five-game run too as well. RB Leipzig. I don't see Ole keeping his job, which I'm actually... I mean... It's pretty bad that like Ole's a good guy, but he's not the one who's going to lead us to the title. And so far, even though, yes, we didn't have a preseason. Yes, players are starting. They need chemistry. I just don't see... If we get beat by Newcastle, he's getting sacked. That's for sure. And Newcastle, even though they're not a strong team... They have some players that can definitely make an impact. Like, I can see Allen St. Maximum just destroy Harry Maguire or Luke Shaw. Just, and then, this is a bad spot right now for United. In terms of United players, I would stay away from all of them. It, it's, they could bring in the goals, but. <clears throat> It's too risky for how much they cost. Like Bruno Fernandez, ten point five, pretty expensive, and you're more reliant on him getting penalties. So far this season, he hasn't been as far up the field as he has been last season, which is a cause for concern. And he's not taking the long shots that he was at the beginning when he first got transferred into United. Rashford, he's pretty inconsistent, and for his price point, which is nine point five, I think. There's, I don't think, there are definitely better options and better situations where United, I don't really know what's going on because, one, we couldn't boss around Brighton. We let them control the possession during the game. We just got thrashed by Spurs. We face Newcastle. If we don't control the game, even like on the possession-wise, against a team like Newcastle, when we have... Pogba, Bruno, Machas is alright, but mainly Pogba, Bruno, and the whole team that we have. Even if we get a tie, that's just that's just pretty pathetic. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't. For me, I don't have any Manchester United assets for sure. The one that I like going forward could be Alex Tellez because Luke Shaw is shit, and well, there goes my explicit episode this week. But Alex Tellez definitely should be a bigger upgrade from Luke Shaw because almost ever anyone is an upgrade from Luke Shaw. I feel bad for Martial because he came on during the lockdown break after we all got back. He became like a different player. 
He was working hard on the defense. He just, this was the best Martial player I've seen of him. And I even, it's kind of tough because Rashford came back from injury, but a lot of people debate who's better, Rashford, Martial. At that point, I thought Martial actually had overtaken Rashford, even though Rashford was recovering from an injury. And now he's got a three-game ban due to physical assault on Los Celso with the little slap on the face. Pretty pathetic. But Cavani's not playing this week. And Mason Greenwood, honestly, he might start at striker, which will be pretty interesting. But the the team mentality overall is just it's not pretty. Harry Maguire... Got a red card for England, too, as well. Bring my boy Axel Twanzebe in. Axel Twanzebe, the Manchester United Academy center back. He was one of the quickest players to get to the U23s. He's fully... He might not be fully fit, but he's definitely back from his injury. I hope to God that he starts. Give this man a chance. We just gave up six goals. Like, we can't... I mean, we honestly could give up more than six goals, which is pretty sad. But it really can't get any worse than what happened. On the other hand, Spurs. All right, I, w- I was wrong. I was wrong. I said earlier in, like, I think my first or second podcast that I wasn't really going to go after some Spurs players. But, man, that Jose Mourinho second season, that's the real deal. And the Jose Mourinho's second season with the teams that he's had in the past have always been his best record. Even with Manchester United, he got us to second place. And he's gotten, he's always had his best season with the teams in the second season. So, looking on forward, Son and Harry Kane, great options to bring into your team. They're definitely not going to be put up this many goals, but the way that they've been playing, it's... It's very detrimental to your team if you continue to go without some Spurs players and they continue to pop off because, say, Harry Kane and Son, they're both owned by 30% of the FPL community. And you don't have either either one of them. And say one of them gets a hat trick or a brace. And they were a captain because, honestly, those two are very good candidates for a captaincy and you don't have them and their own 30 percent you will fall pretty far in the rankings just because of how highly they owned and there's a good chance that they are being captained by a decent amount of people in the community so i would get i would look to get at least one of those players in the defense is very interchangeable so i wouldn't risk going for any of the defenders and Loris is too expensive at goalkeeper. But those are my thoughts for game week four, the recaps of the games. I will have the next episode detailing some lineup changes that I have, uh, any player injuries, and yeah, hopefully we look to get better in terms of providing this FP full send FPL content. Get some better ideas going, and yeah, hopefully you enjoyed.